Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where myself, Dan Selke, editor of FrenchCoin.net, and Mia Johnson of FanCenter.com go over all the latest and greatest Game of Thrones news, Song of Ice and Fire news, fantasy, Marvel, superheroes, sci-fi, space people, and the Star Wars. Anything that's worth reporting, we talk about it for your uh, enjoyment. And today it is Halloween. Early Halloween. It is, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. this is a week it's, until Halloween. Today is when we are celebrating Halloween in the fan-sided office. Yeah. And we are asked to dress up. I mean, I didn't, but you're, who, who are you dressed up as? Man? I am dressed up as casual Captain Marvel. So I've got my shield hat and my <laughs> nine it. inch nail shirt, which I do not own. I had to buy these. So it was an easy <laughs> costume. And you. I just came in plain clothes. Anyway, today we have, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a one-eyed beekeeper. <laughs> all right, let's move on. What do we have to do? Well, today, first of all, we have some lovely products to model for mm. you. Starting with the My Watch Has Ended Beer from Brewery Omgang. Oh, delicious. I mean, it might be. We'll see. It's, I think it's like Brewery Omgang, if you don't know, has been making Game of Thrones beers for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Like they've made a ton. They've made a lot of a lot of them over the years. And this is kind of the, the way to say goodbye to the show. All My right. Watch Has Ended. It is... Okay, it's got aromas of sweet maple and caramelized sugar, notes of cocoa and toffee, and a smooth, velvety mouthfeel, and a rewarding finish that gently smolders with lingering roast. Ooh, Let's see if right. it lives up to that. Ooh, it has um, a really... It's a rich color. It's a rich colored pour. The pour is very nice. Is what I've heard people who are into drinks saying. Hope I pour this right. Actually, I'm, I'm a little afraid. This All is like right. a death of my experience. Okay. All right. All right. He did it. Okay. A Cheers, Mia. Toast to, to you. <laughs> this is not going to work. Let's okay. see. <laughs> okay. <sighs> How is it? Wow. Yeah, I can really. <clears throat> That um, cocoa is yeah, that what I definitely taste going it. On, at least in the smell, um, and the oh, the toffee or caramel, one of those is really coming through right now. Yeah, there's like a dessert feel to it yeah. a little bit. I like it. Oh boy, it remind me of Germany. I was like, I've been trying to swear off beer since I came back from October. <laughs> <laughs> Were there a lot of beer drinking in Germany? There was a lot of beer. <laughs> you would be surprised to see what I had packed away. I hope but, there are pictures. Oh, there are. There <laughs> are. But yeah, this is, you see, it's got a really nice rich brown color. Um, You're good at this. You can, you can analyze stuff. Yeah, yeah. It. Coming back from Germany, I'm quite the, the beer expert. So I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I like yeah. the, uh, yeah, I mean, some, I don't know, like, I'm not like a beer expert. I'm not I'm like a beer guy. Yeah. But um, I like the dessert notes in this one. Yeah. I was kind of a, a fun by-the-fire drink it in the is. dead of winter. It is. Settle and a fine though. way to say goodbye I to know. Game of Thrones. I recommend it at first drink. Okay, yeah. I'll drink to that. All right. One last. <laughs> and that's not all we have. We're over with props today. We also have a copy of Game of Thrones, A Guide to Westeros and Beyond, the complete series by Miles McNutt, which was handed out at New York Comic Con a couple weekends back, and it's officially uh, on November November 5th. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are actually a lot of these kind of compilations coming out now. I think uh, Kim Renfro has a book out 
like an unofficial guide to Game of Thrones too. Yeah. And now Miles McNutt is a critic who's been, you know, like a lot of the critic world, analyzing Game of Thrones since the beginning because it was like it was like a little cottage industry basically. Mm-hmm. Like people got their names made <laughs> off uh, Game of Thrones criticism. So apparently he has a book out too. Okay, and I've, I flipped through it. It's a really gorgeous. I, oh, well, totally. I'm a sucker for like glossy printed books with like nice quality images and all that. Yes. So lovely images, yeah, lovely really descriptions of characters and I, their arcs. I, just, what are, I can't see what that is. Those are brave men knocking at our door. Let's go kill them. Oh, it's Tyron Blackwater. Lannister. Okay, great. Yes. <laughs> and I, it's hard It's hard to handle, as you can see. Yeah, well, That's I, a problem with it. We're but. having story time right now, so. Okay. <laughs> but no, it's, it's really nice. I'm, oh, oh God. <laughs> This is going to be a mess over here. We have a lot of props and costume stuff going on today. Okay. But honestly, yeah, it's cool. Stuff's coming out. There's also, they're also releasing these big glossy, like HBO. This is, I think, unofficial. It might be. Although, God, I hope I'm not misquoting that. (laughs) You wrote this for NFF HBO. The complete series. It's Chronicle Book, San Francisco. HBO, HBO box office. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it is official. Kim Renfro's is unofficial. It's it's in the title. Official guide. So this one is, I think it back up, so this is very official, and you should have it. And they're also releasing, like, the art of Game of Thrones and the costumes of Game of Thrones, which are all written yeah. by people who are involved in that, the crew oh, members. Nice. And they have all these, it's really gorgeous. They have, like, these beautiful spreads about the costumes they made. <gasps> and then there's, like, one about the concept art and one about, um, I think, t- the photography. So there's, they're going hard they're on really... Game of Thrones coffee table books <laughs> now that the, I guess. I mean, yeah. A, the series is over, and yeah. B, Christmas is coming. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Christmas is coming. Well, gift guide is already. We've got two recommendations already. We so do. That's that. Okay, and also there are things happening in the world of Game of Thrones and yeah. beyond. Starting with, um, are you a Lord of the Rings fan, man? You know, I'm a casual Lord of the Rings fan. Gotcha. I'm not like as in depth as some people. I've watched the movies. I've sure. watched the Hobbit. So, yeah. I mean, if you watch all the movies and all the Hobbit, you. You know I'm, something. I'm there, yeah. I know a thing or two. Are you interested in this new series that Amazon is mounting? This series that they, according to kind of the reports that I've read, the biggest thing about it is the money. They're spending a billion Jeez. dollars, committed to five seasons up front. Just a big, like they paid, I think, $250 million for the rights to the TV rights for the series alone. Wow. They're, they're going all in on they this. Are. <laughs> it's going to be set during... The second age of Middle Earth. I don't know if you know enough about the that mythology to know what that means. That means nothing to me, but I appreciate you checking in. <laughs> That's like a thousand years before the movies. Okay. When Sauron is still like making the rings and way into jewelry oh. making stuff like that. It's his real oh, okay. it's, it's his Etsy phase. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm a little sold now. I like jewelry. I like exactly. Etsy. And uh we haven't heard a ton about it, which yeah. is weird because of how big the scale is, right? I mean, it's like, how do you hide a billion dollar investment yeah. when you're going to film something? Yeah. But at this point, finally, we're getting some information on it. And uh, we learned this week that Game of Thrones star Joseph Maul is going to be the main villain, yes. who name of Oren. Uh, remember Benjen Stark that's from the show? Uncle Stark. Uncle Stark, Yay. yeah. That's uh, <laughs> Uncle to Bran and Sansa and Arya and all those yeah. folk. He helped out John beyond the wall. He helped out Bran beyond the wall. Yeah. Not like a giant character or anything, yeah. but you know, yeah. he was there. 
So he's going to be in it. That's good for him getting a gig. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad to see that it's coming together because, like, they're making another series called Wheel of Time, which is another giant fantasy titan. And mm-hmm. we've heard plenty about that. Yeah. We've heard, like, Rosamund Pike is in it and all these people are in it and they're in their table read. It's been weirdly quiet for The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I really wonder what's going on with that. I mean, considering just, like, Lord of the Rings in general has such a massive fan base, I don't know if they're, like, being quiet so that maybe they're like we don't want to disappoint these people right off the bat we want to make sure that we get everything right before right. we announce and things like that because i'm thinking like a uh, fanboy like stephen colbert <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure <laughs> he will have a good time having yeah. people on the show or they're having production issues and yeah. things aren't going as smoothly because i mean like part of the issue is from what i read again they signed mm-hmm. a contract where they had to like start filming by a certain date under the terms of the rights agreement they signed with the tolkien estate Jeez. Which, I mean, they've paid so much for the rights. Yeah. It's kind of hard to believe it came with strings, too. <laughs> like, you're not happy to $250 million. You have yeah. to have these strings as well. Um, but again, so they've hired this guy. They've hired... We now know who the two leads are. Right. These uh, charming young British Australian actresses. We got... I can't read Will in this iPad. Will Poulter. There you go. Yeah. Thank God. Will and... Poulter as Beldor. <laughs> and Australian actor Michaela Cavanaugh as Tyra. Uh-huh. Now... Again, just as a big LTR nerd like me, mm-hmm. the, the, those aren't names in J.R. Tolkien's Legendarium. Those aren't names we know. Right. Okay. And, you know, That's what I was wondering. I'm like, are they kind of like starting from scratch with these characters? Um, you know, like... My guess is they are. Okay. Which, I mean, it's something new. It's something original. I mean, they've done that. They've kind of had the freedom with the other movies, if I'm to understand, too, to kind of, like, add in, like, um, is Kate Blanchett's character, or am I thinking of Orlando Bloom's? Um, I mean, they're both in there. They they weren't in The Hobbit, the book at all. Right. So, they put them back right. in there. Right. Okay. And, and I hated it. Ooh. <laughs> oh, the Hobbit. Did you like The Hobbit? I thought The Hobbit was terrible. Then again, I'm a big fan of the book, and I thought it was uh, pretty badly butchered. <sighs> yeah, you know what? I was going through my... And I, this is probably the 10th time I'll say this, that I was a huge Sherlock fan, especially when the yeah, Hobbit movies came that. out. So I was just so thrilled to see Martin Freeman and then um, Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch was smile because I was like, that's all you have to tell oh, me. Oh, they were and good. Like, yeah. Like, they were really <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was great. But uh, you're, so you're saying that it wasn't adapted is... No. Ooh, hmm. Not even kind of close. Yikes. Ooh, that's disappointing. But that's another issue entirely. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see... I mean, again, they paid so much money for it. I guess they can do whatever they want. But I can already see sort of the community being like, why don't we have, you know, the characters we're familiar with once we've read about Because right. Tolkien's one of those guys who, like, really got detailed mm. with his, there's even a word for it, his legendarium. It's not a mythology. It's a legendarium. It's a legendarium. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's cool. So, Yikes. But apparently there's somebody named Tyra who we never heard of running Tyra, around. Tyra Banks. That's, that's what I <laughs> that's think, what too. That's what I want. When, when I hear her, Tyra Banks Middle Earth is Tyra Banks. <laughs> Tyra Banks in, as an elf in Middle Earth. Yeah. Yeah, I just see Queen it. Okay. Tyra. Bam. There we go, Amazon. There's your idea. So, I'm like, I, I'm cautiously... Okay. That's good. I patch troubles. I patch itching. I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Yeah. I will see how it goes. I'm more yeah. interested in the Wheel of Time show they're making. Which is another series I don't really know a lot about. Mm-hmm. But um, I know... Are you familiar with Wheel of Time at all? Very slim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I've got to study up. I'm going to. Okay. I've downloaded the first book on audio. And this is fantasy. Oh, totally. Okay. I it's think a that's straight what it's like fantasy. being. I like that's why I like being here because I'm learning a lot more about fantasy. I would say I'm definitely like more of the action. I'm a comedy person and all that. So it's nice to kind of delve into like these fantastical realms and see what's going Ooh. on in TV here. There so. is there is a lot of it out there, and yeah. I know now it's all because of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants it, yeah. so we'll see yeah. it again. I said this before, but I'm pretty sure we'll see a lot of it. And then a bunch of them will fail, and then it'll kind of peter out. But for right now, we're definitely in fantasy country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm here for it. Uh, Speaking of fantasy, sort of, kind of, the final trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker uh, debuted Monday, I think? Yeah, during Monday Night Football. Why don't we watch a speck of it and then uh, see what we think about anything? instinct. Feeling. The force brought us together. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. so on and so forth in that fashion yes uh mia what do you think are you excited for the rise of skywalker the final film in the skywalker saga as they sell it (laughs) i definitely am and well you know what i i'm carrying a little bit of a healthy sense of skepticism i was one of those people who was a little bit burned by the last jedi i know it's sad to say and it's sad (laughs) to admit i have only out of all the star wars movies i've only seen that one once in the theater were you one of the people who went online signed petitions to get it banned no i'm not one of them and calls people him ruin johnson and such things (laughs) i'm not a terrible human being (laughs) (laughs) let's get that straight i mean i i'm one of those i was just like i didn't like where it went but you know, I'm not going to complain about it. So I'm really hoping that everything is kind of saved and rescued uh, mm-hmm. in this la- last, you know, Skywalker saga movie. <laughs> and I say <laughs> last with quotes. <laughs> I mean, The Last Jedi, I mean, we're going back a little bit. Yeah. I never like, I guess I, I, I'm not, I was never really a super Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. So like I saw it and I was like, that's eh, fine. And then, like, I didn't realize people were upset about it until, like, yeah. later. Yeah, people <laughs> like, were oh, big, people cared man. way more this than I did. <laughs> but so, this one, it's like, you really have to tie it all together and, you know, finish up Ray's arc and Kylo Ren's arc. And now they're trying to bring back, like, Emperor Palpatine and all this Do you stuff. like that? Because, like, because there's a part of me that's, like, is it leaning too hard on... Like that, you know, the past, the nostalgia. Yeah. Like, do we have to have Emperor Palpatine yeah. back? And I feel like that kind of was their problem out the gate, where it was just really like the first, like episode seven, was really kind of a copy of what is that, A New Hope? A New Hope, yeah. Um, and so, but I still, I still like the characters. I like unashamed. I'm unashamed to say that I'm a huge Kylo Ren fan, sure. <laughs> and it's like you know whatever. He's a charmer. He, I love Adam Driver, so that that's the one thing, and. uh 
the way that they took the characters through the first two movies have kind of been, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think I would just, just like to see how they wrap the up these characters. And then by the time I'm out of the movie, I'll decide if that's what I would have done. Um, I, mean, I will say, I, I do like the Kylo Ren Ray thing because it's, it, yeah. it, it, that, that's not something they've ever done before. Right. You know, like with Darth Vader and Luke, it was like a father son thing. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know who, who was, I guess, Obi-Wan and Anakin were like yeah. mentor mentee. Yeah. They've never had like a, like they, like they could either get together or kill each other, and like right. either way is you could see it happening. So I, I do right. think it's a cool dynamic. It is, yeah. I'd, that they didn't do before. And I just I don't know. I kind of wish they would be more defined. I don't know if and that very makes ship sense. friendly. <laughs> I am well. I will say the ship is not one of my favorite things, but I know that it's something that's out there. <laughs> Uh, but no, no, I do like that duality, you know, of like the pull to the light and the pull to the dark. Yeah. And how is it? I think ultimately we're trying to figure out in this movie is who's going to be on what side of the coin. Like, is Ray going to be dark? Kylo Ren going to be light? Switch or is both? Oh, you know what? Freddie Prince Jr. did a rant about oh, this. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> My favorite thing. And he broke it down so clearly about the balance of the force. And he made it seem like, uh, of course, we have to know what goes on at the end of this movie because the force has to be balanced. But I'm not going to tell you how that's going to be balanced. <laughs> <sighs> Making me do all the guesswork. But that that was kind of a funny thing if you have time to look at that. Oh, yeah. Like, look it up. That online. was brilliant. That was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. so, so, uh, Puffy's husband was mad about this. <laughs> I thought I thought the trailer looked beautiful, like a lot of lovely shots, like yeah. that shots of like the sh of those shots of the uh -huh. ships kind of flying toward the ice covered mountain, yeah, or all the ships in the sky together, yeah. You know, like a Star Wars thing. George Lucas has said he wants to like push technology forward, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if they're really doing that where there's so much out there. Uh, but I don't yeah. feel like I've seen kind of shots composed like that in earlier Star Wars films. So I, I do like. Yeah, it is very the attention to composition visually beautiful, and um, a lot of people <laughs> were joking with that um, the ship scene where all the ships are flying in. Mm -hmm. It was like JJ, how many uh, ships do you want in that final cut? And he's like, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and some people have even said um, there's a animated series called Star Wars Resistance mm -hmm. out, and some people think that a ship from Star Wars Resistance is in that scene. Which would be interesting to see them meld, you know, the animation world and the live action world together. So we'll see how that pans out. David Harris, our Star Wars guy, pointed that out to me. So yeah, yeah it's definitely out there. Yeah. Um, and you know, pre-sale tickets are already up there. Ooh. And apparently in the first hour, it set a record beating out pre-sale tickets for Avengers Endgame by yeah. 45%. Yeah. Avengers Endgame, to remind you, being the most profitable movie in the history of ever. Yeah. Now, <laughs> our beloved Cheryl texted me. Oh, did she? Uh, that the tickets, because I made a tweet and I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to worry about buying tickets today because it is such a hassle to get tickets online for these movies. It's like. Is it really? Yeah. It's like you would think it's just going to be, oh, I want to go see the movie next week or today and I'll buy my yeah. ticket today. But no, it's like if you want to see that at a decent time and have a decent seat, you have to buy it. Was it like we're still two months out? Oh, yeah. Months. Yeah. So Cheryl texted me. I was like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. It's out right now. <laughs> I rushed to my computer from the kitchen <laughs> and I'm like, I've got all these tabs open. It's like HQ at NASA or something. <laughs> and I've got two days, so I need to book Thursday for myself so I can sure. see it and start to get writing <laughs> right. about it. And then for my dad and my brother, we usually go see these movies together. So I'm like, okay, That's I got to cool. do a second showing. Now, surprisingly, it was not that bad this time compared to like Endgame. 
because in game, like all the servers were like throttled and and <laughs> it was like waiting in line and refreshing. And for this, it was just like I was in and out in a couple of minutes. I was like, oh my gosh, thank the force. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank Did the you force. buy early tickets? Hell or? no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> After I, mean, I give this elaborate story, <laughs> no, no, I, no, I just, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's never been something I'm interested in. I mean, not Star Wars. Just I didn't buy yeah. Ren game either, but I still yeah. saw in game. I don't know. I feel like I can. I'll, I'll find a way to see. See, it. I, that's what I wish I could be in your spot like that. But I, I it's I mean, like, like I care way too much about it. So. Like I don't think I had trouble finding an Endgame showing. Like just. The you know I I, I I didn't see it like opening night like the next yeah. day yeah I was like oh, oh, let's go then. that's lucky but you know what I've also a lot of these places now they do like select your seating and it's like if I'm going solo it's fine because I can just kind of slip sure. in wherever oh, yeah, yeah but then when I'm bringing my family and Very it's true. like now we got to find seats together we got to make sure it's not like absolutely in the front and the movie theater I go to has reserved seating it's like you know a really nice theater and all that stuff so people are like this is kind of which like one the, is it it is the Icon Theater. So it's not it's not AMC and it's mm-hmm. not all those other chains. Um, so there's like there's only like two or three in the United States, yeah, but it's really well. it's really cool and fancy. Okay, uh, cool. Uh, not too far from downtown, so that's my go to spot. <laughs> I, I want to bring this up really fast. Yes. I, I find this pretty interesting. So ticket sales off to a great start, forty percent of our end game, yeah, movie ever. But a little wrinkle. Um, you know, Star Wars has never really caught on. The reason that Endgame is more popular than or more profitable overall than Star Wars. Mm-hmm. A big part of it is because Star Wars never really caught on in China, which is a yeah. giant, yeah. giant market. Yeah. It just hasn't done very well. Yeah. Which is a fascinating history because, you know, the original movies didn't come out there because of the revolution at the time. And then by the time the prequels came out there, but like, it's just like going to see the prequels without <laughs> yeah. having yeah. investment in the original story. Mm. Like they, Yeah, I get it. If it's just the prequels to rope you in. That's not. Like, good. it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not. So like, they just haven't done all that well. They haven't done so yeah. well. So I find fascinating that Disney is partnering with uh, a g- multinational giant called Tencent to mm. publish all the Star Wars ebooks over there and to write a new Star Wars book starring a Chinese hero written by like a really popular popping author over there. Basically they, they're going to try to make star Wars popular in China by any means necessary. Is this a terrific Uh B um, (laughs) nakedly opportunistic and kind of creepy or C other. Mm. You know, I'm on the, Yikes. <laughs> well, let me answer it this way. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to I will, stick to my multiple I will choice. start with uh, something recently to compare it to, which was South Park, which has been making fun of sucking up to China, basically. Uh, huh? <laughs> and I hope that we don't get like banned in China because I've been seeing that a lot now, especially, oh God, you know, with the, with the protests and stuff. I don't know how we work internationally, but, you know, I'll, I'll say it because we can say stuff here. We can. But it it's it is kind of weird where South Park was kind of like poking fun at Disney for trying to be mm-hmm. China friendly and just trying to make sure that like uh like one of the episodes revolved around the boys trying to make a movie and they're like, Well the only way it's gonna be profitable is if we market it to China. So while they're making this movie, they have a consultant on set saying, No, you can't say that, no, you can't do that, that's not gonna be da 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 to the point where they get frustrated and they're like, okay, never mind. <laughs> so it, it it really brings up the fact that it's like, well, do I want to do this for creative freedom 
or do I want to market it so that the Chinese government is pleased and that they'll sell my movie? So that is a hard line to cross. <laughs> it is. And I worry that it's only a matter of time before the Disney has its own like NBA um, or like uh, Blizzard type moment. Yeah. Like Ron and Ward has yeah. to decide between yeah. some kind of free speech on the one hand or keeping China happy on the other. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 a it's a precarious market. game. But yeah. uh it's also very interesting. I mean, it genuinely is. It's very fascinating mm-hmm. with the way it works nowadays. Yeah. And um, we'll just punker down and watch what happens, man. We will. <laughs> Speaking of uh, some controversy, you mentioned that you wouldn't mind talking about the ongoing um, and growing critical mass yeah. of old guard Hollywood directors who are coming out to just crap all over yeah. Marvel. Yeah. I did not sad. realize when Martin Scorsese started this, it would be a movement. Yeah, it's been like a whole month and people are not stopping. Oh, by the way, this beautiful... I love it! It's so much, so much fun. <laughs> this guy was like, this is my new favorite t-shirt. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if that's like complimentary or insulting. I just know that I love it. It's just brilliant. But so, yeah. just to recap you, yeah. uh, Martin Scorsese, the legendary director, Goodfellas, Casino, the Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, all that good stuff, uh, said a couple of weeks ago, of Marvel movies, that's not cinema. The closest I can think of them, as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can in the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another yeah. human being. And that caused a lot of dust up. Yeah. But honestly, that was nothing yeah, compared oh. to what other legendary director Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> yeah, said. He... And just, just, just to clarify, like, this... The, the things he's made, The Godfather yeah. is a very important big movie. Yeah. So is The Godfather Part 2. So is Apocalypse Huge. Now. Yeah. The conversation is great. You know, so Jack. Man who knows Sergeant how to Williams, make movies, yes. I'll give it to him. To be fair, unlike Scorsese, he hasn't really stayed really relevant. Yeah. Remember Jack, the Robin Williams movie, where he's like a grown man, but oh, a, he's a that child. That was him. That was him. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he fell off the way. <laughs> I mean, maybe. We can discuss Coppola's filmography some other time. I mean, he also made uh, that, like, 90, like 1990s Keanu Reeves Dracula, which was w- w- with Gary Oldman as Dracula, which was fun. Like, he, 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 he's, he's, a, he's a creature of the 70s. Yeah. But The Godfather yeah. is, like, pretty unimpeachable. Okay. He hates them. Oh, yeah. He said, when Martin Scorsese says that the Marvel pictures are not cinema, he's right because we expect to learn something from cinema. We expect to gain something, some enlightenment, some knowledge, some inspiration. I don't know that anyone gets anything out of seeing the same movie over and over again. Martin was kind when he said it's not cinema. He didn't say it's despicable, which I just say it is. Francis Ford Coppola just being the brave 80-something director he is, just telling it like it is. As I listen to that in my Captain Marvel... (laughs) I'm so sorry. That's very true. Yeah. And then also a doctor named Ken Loach, who is again an 80 something who's made a lot of powerful, you know, uh, socially conscious films over the years. Weighed into. So basically the point is um, old time directors from the 70s, they are have something to say about Marvel movies. Yeah. How about you, Spielberg? Got a thing to say? Lucas, want to come out and say something? Maybe? Yikes. Well, Spielberg was the one who didn't want, like, Netflix movies to be up for Oscars, wasn't he? He was, but then he, like, signed a giant Apple TV Plus deal. Hmm. So... Well, well, I guess he just doesn't want his uh, his Oscars and his Emmys, though, so... And I mean, Lucas, considering he started Star Wars, I think it'd be a little rich of him to come out and decry blockbusters, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, huh. you know, it, it a lot of a lot of people have also been speaking out like um on the Marvel side, uh like James Gunn, Mark Ruffalo. James Gunn is like on um, the front lines. Yeah. And most recently Bob Iger said something to Disney CEO where he was like, you know, I respect their opinions because these are like legendary directors. But he's like, you know, you're also kind of undermining the hard people, you know, the hardworking people who worked on these movies. Yeah. And it's like, you I mean, know, it's true. like it, you can imagine like kind of despicable and you're like one of the thousands who worked on it. Yeah. Like, that's the actors, the directors, like the sound technicians and the customers and everything in between. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, I'm despicable it's, now. It's Ford insulting, I think, to, to say that, you know, no. I, I made a piece of garbage or, you know, I didn't work hard on this. And I think it shows that. We have like Disney already owns basically probably top ten movies of all time. Oh yeah, <laughs> and including Avatar and Titanic. I think Titanic is fun, but you know, like they they that's besides the point. But <laughs> most recently with their superhero movies, it's like these people are showing out. They're coming to the theaters, and they're uh, I think they're taking away something from these movies because I do too. If that it was like just utter complete crap, we would know. They would know it, and we would not be at the point we're at right now so uh and you know what way back when when robert downey jr responded to the uh comments on howard mm -hmm. stern howard stern was really trying to stoke the fire and be like hey well don't you think he's trying no, to start something I'm shocked. don't you and robert downey jr was so cool and collected this is why we love him mm -hmm. he was just kind of like you know i know he has a right to his opinion and and he really did not try to force like any sort of like taking one side. He's like, no, if that's how they feel about the movie, then that's how they feel. But I'm just going to keep doing my job and feel the way I feel about it. So he answered that so graciously. I mean, I, I think there is probably an argument to be made that, and I know you're a giant Marvel fan, <laughs> yeah, but that Marvel movies, you know, th there's a very long tradition of like cinema as art mm -hmm. versus cinema as, you know, entertainment. Yeah. And, Neither is wrong, neither is inappropriate, but th there's always been a bit of like, you know, if you're the art house person who go to con, like you have a certain conception of only things that move me yeah. or that like go to the new condition are, you know, cinema. Yeah. But there's also a very long tradition of like people making popular entertainment, like going back to the 30s with like, you know, Astaire and Rogers or whatever, yeah. dancing across the screen. Like it's, it's perfectly, and it's always been the case mm -hmm. that the most artistically accomplished movies aren't necessarily the ones that people love. Yeah. And obviously people love them. They're taking something away from them. Yeah. I mean, they're enjoying them. They're going home and they're devoting, you know, mind share and passion to them. So to just kind of throw them all under the bus. Yeah. With, and, and to be fair, Coppola is a lot more kind of gross about it than right, Scorsese. Yeah, At least yeah. Scorsese was like, you know, it's fine. You can do what you want, yeah, but it's not really my not thing. Right. But Coppola is like, they're despicable. I made the Godfather. Listen to me. <laughs> and you know what? Somebody had brought up on Twitter. Uh, there's a Hollywood Reporter article from last year where it was like, uh, Coppola watches Black Panther. Um, and the no. first line of it was like, he had asked at the end of the movie, he had asked to go back and rewatch one of the most exciting scenes uh, during an early screening. So I was like, hmm. <laughs> and this was this was revealed on the commentary of the Black Panther DVD by the director. So it's kind of like a little hypocritical there. May at least one movie got to you, unless you were completely faking it. And if or so, he wanted to watch it so he could know how to hate it better. <laughs> No, the way that he, the way that Ryan Coogler described it, where he was like, oh, this is like a poignant moment, and it's like the turning point of T'Challa's, you know, journey or whatever, made it seem like 
he was really into it. So I'm just saying that's out there. It's on the DVD. You can't erase it. I mean, also, there's so many movies being made, like, not just in movie theaters through... I mean, Martin Scorsese made his latest movie, The Irishman, on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Which I haven't seen still, but I hear it's great. Um, yeah, there's all these services, like Disney Plus is going to have original movies. They're all yeah. gonna have, like, there's, there's still ways to do what you want to do, even if it's not, like, exactly how it was in the 70s. Exactly, I'm sorry. When yeah. the studio system had collapsed <laughs> and they were giving money to people like Scorsese and Coppola to make, you know, granted, very ambitious, new, exciting things. Yeah. But yeah, it, it it just seems like yeah. the get off my lawn brigade. <laughs> and what bit. um to add to that, what Mark Ruffalo had tweeted was he was like, you know, back in the day, rock and roll wasn't considered real music or hip hop wasn't considered very real true. music, you know, as a kind of like an analogy. People hated that, jazz but, when it came along. Yeah. It was like a hundred years ago. Yeah, look at that. So Yeah. Old man yells at class. <laughs> in <laughs> okay. conclusion. We can finish that. And, and uh, finally, our last bit of the day. Going back to Game of Thrones a little bit. Yeah. thought we would... Um, not sure if you read this, the... but uh, Kim Renfro, who I mentioned earlier, she is her own unofficial guide to Game of Thrones out, mm-hmm. um, is a very hard worker. And she went to the Writers Guild Foundation Library in LA, yeah. where all the Game of Thrones scripts are available to read. Oh. And looking at some deleted scenes from the final season. And I want to name some of them. Yes. You tell me whether they were wisely cut... <laughs> Or whether they should have been yes. kept in. Okay. Some deleted scenes from the final season of Game of Thrones. So, in the episode, and you guys at home. Yeah, leave Oh, by comment. the way, this we're not is... live. Should have mentioned that like a half hour ago, but <laughs> we're not much, live. Yeah. Um, but we'll check the comments anyway after. <laughs> yes, we will afterwards. Because we're recording it earlier for a Halloween party. Um, in the long night, when the White Walkers attack Winterfell. That long, dark episode. Yeah. Um, where Melisandre dies yeah. and all that stuff. Um, there's a bit where everyone's down in the crypts mm-hmm. and, uh, like Theon and Sansa and Masande and Gilly are down in the crypts hiding out because they can't fight. Yeah. And in the original version, zombies get out right. and they're all afraid and they just kind of, that's about it. And then they die and they're fine. Um, in the original script though, uh, Tyrion and Sansa do a bit of a action hero moment where they take some daggers and stab some whites and save Missande and Gilly from being eaten. Oh. Um, wisely cut or should have been kept in? Oh my God, this you know what? I don't trouble. know. It's kind of hard to say if saving them in the end would have made a difference. I mean, they all lived anyway. Yeah. But we, we didn't get to see... Act, yeah. Misa- uh, we didn't get to see Tyrion Sansa have this little... Hero- this is not... Have this little hero moment. Oh, Missandei. Oh, right, right. oh no, Missandei is saved by Tyrion. And In Sansa. that, okay, I get it. Yeah, only to I die don't the think next we're episode. missing anything. I still want Zombie Net Stark. So <laughs> me I, too. That's the only scene that matters. So it's. I think that's fine. I agree with you. Yeah. I don't think that. I think that was fine. Yeah. Like you know, I, I think it's kind of out of character for them to be action heroes anyway. Yeah. So I feel like I'm guessing they probably thought that like this. Yeah, no one's going to buy this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut it. Okay, next one. Um, after the Battle of Winterfell, they're having this kind of post-Winterfell feast, mm-hmm. and Daenerys is all, acting all lonely and uncomfortable. Uh, Masande and Grimm aren't there at all in the show, but they were there in the script. Oh. And there's a whole kind of fun bit, I liked this bit, <laughs> where, uh, like, Daenerys dismisses Grey Worm because he's worked really hard, and he fought really hard in the battle, and he's like, go get some rest, dude, you earned it. Mm-hmm. And Masande, who is, you know, in a new relationship with him, clearly like wants to leave to go follow him and is like oh Daenerys can I be excused I'm sick 
And Daenerys is like, oh, you're sick. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, it, it kind of teases her a little yeah. bit, but then lets her go. Yeah. And the script is like, she's happy for her friend, but she's also kind of lonely because she's no one else having mm-hmm. fun with this part. Everyone else having fun with this party but yeah. her. And I like that because I think it would have kind of set up her downfall a little better and right. also featured Masande more. Yeah. And their relationship. I'm more. always 100% for more of her. Because, I mean, if the point is Masande's going to die and Nerissa's really upset about it, like, mm-hmm. we don't have any French moments with them in exactly. this season. So exactly. I think that would have added to, yeah. Yeah. That was a little cute Masande Grayer moment. That's nice, too. Also, I would have liked like see more Daenerys like being human, you know, like you know teasing her friend a little yeah. bit. Yeah, like oh you're sick, sure. Yeah, that okay. would have also been kind of nice because I mean a lot of people probably would have argued she got kind of out of character. I think they do argue song. that. Yeah, <laughs> but would that have been out of character too? No, I no. think <laughs> I think they've had a, a jovial relationship over the okay. time. Like you know they were doing each other's hair at one point. Aww. Like, they were buddies. Yeah. Okay. I, w- I would have liked to see that. And finally, there were more, but I'm going to do the three yeah. that kind of stood out to me. Um, in the final, in the bells, when Daenerys goes ape mm-hmm. and uh, just burns the city to the ground, a choice that it seems like the director made was to not show her face at all after the carnage starts. And mm-hmm. he said, like, we don't need to see it after this. She and the dragon become one. It's all about people on the ground. Okay. Which, and there's that moment where she's, we see her face like before it starts. And yeah. then she starts burning everybody. Yeah. And um, I didn't like that when it happened. I thought like, because mainly I was just confused as to why she was doing it. So I think like, I need to see her face. Like I need mm-hmm. to, what's she going through here? And the script, they pointed out that we were going to see her again. Like we we're going to see her being really angry and just like feeling the spirit of the rage build up as she burned the red keep. But again, they chose to not show her at all after the carnage started. Good cut or bad cut? Uh, for me, who's not like an in-depth sort of fan, that's something that I didn't even notice that they didn't show her <laughs> face. And for me, who's obsessed, I noticed so hard. <laughs> and I think it would have at least, even though it's, it's a weird scene, it would at least given them the chance to kind of show. I think, number one, Amelia's acting ability um, I think if they showed her doing that, uh-huh. she would have won the Emmy. Ooh. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, just to kind of to show, I think any way that they could have showed her becoming the Mad Queen um, makes sense to me and not her just all of a sudden being like, and I'm going to burn the place down. Yeah. So if, if that smidgen of a scene showing her face could have helped, I would keep it in. I agree with you, man. <laughs> We're so in agreement on all of these things. <laughs> Maybe and I didn't so lead you at all no. with my suggestions. No. I totally did. All right. And that is the end of our little program here. Have anything yeah. else you want to say? No. To, to, our, to our lovely viewers. Happy early Halloween. Happy early Halloween, everybody. <laughs> um, if you're still watching, we are available to listen to in podcast form mm-hmm. on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are downloadable. And we will be back live next Wednesday San costumes probably you never know um at 4pm Central Central Time on our Facebook page and the beer's gotten to me a little bit oh boy it's only it's only the afternoon it's gonna be a long day I know (laughs) Uh, thanks for watching everybody and we will see you again next week goodbye